0: It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush, rush, rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdly.
1: Welcome back to Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. Joining me is attorney Keith Wolf. the name sounds familiar, he ran against the current attorney general, alleged attorney general for the state of New York, Letitia James. This is our Memorial Day edition and I wanted to talk with you, Keith, because I know that you are, like me, you hail from Buffalo, New York. Now, I left when I was one years old, but I think you stayed there a lot longer, didn't
0: you? Yeah, I was there my entire childhood until I went off to college. Uh, Buffalo is great.
1: I mentioned early on when I heard about the Tops, the shooting at Tops, that I have walked one end of Jefferson Avenue to the other. I knew exactly where the store was. In fact, I've most likely been in that top store, depending on when it came into the neighborhood. Someone came in with racial hate on his mind to kill as many black people as possible. And he succeeded in killing so many people. What went through your mind when you heard what was happening at this top store on Jefferson Avenue? I'm sure you've walked it to in Buffalo, New York.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I was very sad, you know, incredibly depressing, uh, and I'm still affected by it. You know, the the politicians come after these things, and the politicians go away right after, but, you know, the, the people in that neighborhood still have to work and struggle and hang on, and they have to live with the consequences of these shootings for years, uh, you know. I mean, it was really tragic because the neighborhood, after a long time of hanging on, you know, finally got this supermarket and, you know, finally Buffalo started to turn it around. This neighborhood, you know, was finally getting some more attention from the mayor, you know, who was from the east side. And, you know, I, I was really, you know, looking forward to a place where I rode my bike and two blocks for Myra I went to high school, finally getting some attention. And then this happens, and it's completely the wrong type of attention because it's so depressing and so disheartening. And it really, you know, kind of knocks off the rails 30 years, you know, of, of trying to make progress. I mean, this, this neighborhood fought for a supermarket for 30 years. You know, the A&P on East Delavan, where we used to go when I was a little kid, closed in the early 70s. And, you know, now that supermarket's closed and, and people are, are really dealing with the grief of this thing, you know, and, and, you know, the unfortunate part of it is that they're not getting the right kind of partnership from our leadership. You know, the, the Democrats came in here, unfortunately, and started to immediately turn this thing to the politics. And, you know, I, I, the blood wasn't even dry on the pavement when the politicians went to their playbook of vilifying Republicans and proposing the same old laws. And I would have preferred to have seen the politics take a break, you know, put this politics stuff aside and just deal with each other as human beings and and kind of respect the the tragedy and the families and not try to turn it because there's a a midterm election coming up.
1: One of the things that you just mentioned was that the neighborhood had uh, fought for 30 years to have a supermarket. I read a report and I can't tell you which I read so many different publications I can't tell you exactly which pub it was in but it described this Tops market as kind of a glorified 711 and the same article said now that this Tops has been closed indefinitely because of this shooting there was a shortage of of decent places a food desert had opened up in this neighborhood now my memories of this neighborhood was that we used to call it Cold Springs, and it was the upper middle class section where a lot of black folks lived in Buffalo. And the houses were really beautiful. The neighborhood was beautiful. Why would it take 30 years to bring a supermarket to a neighborhood that at least used to be extremely vibrant?
0: Look, there has been a longstanding issue with crime in the area which, you know, kept people from investing in the area and from bringing basic things like a supermarket. Obviously, people in that neighborhood need to eat, and the only difference was not that they didn't need to eat, but they had to travel across town because no one wanted to put the investment there because there was too much crime that had developed and you know, the political leadership didn't deal with it for many years. Uh, you know, it it got better more recently, but there was a long-term problem, you know, and you had small businesses that were moving out. And so it was difficult when other small businesses were moving out to get someone like a Topps or a Wegmans to invest in that community. And that was unfortunate, you know, and we know the solutions to this, James. What are the solutions? Well, number one, we got to create jobs, real jobs in America that you know people with varying levels of education can participate in that's number 1 stop sending everything to china number 2 we got to get the educational system together so people can take advantage of those opportunities when they come and number 3 which frankly affects the first two things is you got to have the proper political leadership right i mean you you got a mayor there who's actually okay you know doing better than a lot of these other democratic mayors around the city or around the country but You know, overall, you have leadership in the state that's horrible. You have leadership nationwide on the Democratic side that focuses on the wrong things, you know, and and we're not getting the things that we need in these communities in terms of trying to improve things, you know. And and look, there's, there's a separate issue of what's going on in our society that I think we have to talk about, too.
1: Let us turn to that, and I would just say very quickly that when we did have a president, that was willing to engage China and bring jobs back to the United States, the very same Democrat party that cries about jobs or that said, uh, what are you gonna do, get a magic wand? Uh, That party's nowhere to be seen, and in fact tried to drive that president from office. But we can talk about that another day. Let us talk about this idea of what is happening with mass killings, not just in Buffalo, but in the nation's schools. And what can America do to bring this nation into a better place?
0: we got to start being honest about the sources of the problem, James. You know, it's something going on with our society. Before the 1970s, now, I was born in 69, so this is a little a bit of, of research rather than actual experience. But before the 1970s, we didn't have these same mass shootings, even though we didn't have all these tough gun laws we do today. So at some point, the bill comes due for the things we've been doing socially that are incorrect. The bill comes due for neglecting young men. The bill comes due for degrading the value of life. The bill comes due for undermining our social fabric and for ignoring the need of young men to form positive bonds with other men. That bill's come due now, and the price is too high, and we've got to start talking about that and not be dissuaded from that by, frankly, a small group of academics and politicians who refuse to talk about how the real world works.
1: I would also add to that the bill has come due on driving God out of the classrooms of America and replacing it with with political indoctrination, indoctrination and with sexualizing and grooming America's children in these classrooms. That's another aspect of this.
0: Yeah, well, look, the problems are all over the place. So we've got to start dealing with some of these issues in society. And in the meantime, because, you know, we've dug ourselves into a hole over several decades, we've got to find a way in the meantime to intervene earlier with these young potential killers. You know, there's a pattern to it, and we know the pattern. It's disaffected young men, often with some degree of mental illness, but smart enough to plan and evade the law and without criminal records that allow you to do a simple background check and, and, and find them easily. So we've got to find a way to identify these young men before they go out and become killers. Now, my thought is maybe we get to these big tech giants and give them an opportunity to do something special and great for society. I mean, these tech companies, they got algorithms and scoring. They know what flavor of gum you and I chew. They know what car we want to buy before we buy it. So why can't those tech giants get together with the rest of society, develop some kind of behavioral score, figure out who's a high risk of being a mass killer or hurting people? You know, you know, these young men are on the Internet. So we have, as a society, an opportunity to identify these young men, hopefully. But we we certainly should try it to see if we can intervene with some mental help or something keep guns out of their hands, and and proactively try to stop these shootings instead of going back to the same old playbook and political finger pointing. Keith, you
1: make so much sense. We'll have to have you back. Thank you for joining us on this Memorial Day edition. Of Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. We so appreciate you, and hopefully we'll be hearing from you very soon,
0: Keith. Thank you so hey, much. James, always an honor. Good to speak with you, and always great to be able to talk to your audience. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On Rush? 77 WABC.